Thank you for praying for each one of us, for me and my family. Hallelujah. Well, I'm praying for you, praying for your family, praying for the people you love. Let's keep shining the light. Don't give up. Don't give up. Praise God. Deuteronomy 22. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful presence of Lord, your spirit here tonight, Lord, and just throughout this day, God, it's been just so good, Lord, to be your children, God. We thank you for for how you've helped us, Lord. And Lord, in our weakness, God, you are strong. And in our inability, God, we just lean on you. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just have your way. Talk to us. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us to be more like you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Deuteronomy 22, verse 8 says, When thou buildest a a new house, when thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from thence. God bless you. You can be seated. Sister was talking about getting a new roof. (laughs) Amen. For those of you that have uh, spent some time working your way through the Old Testament, sometimes it can be a challenge to find the application. And I hope that in teaching and answering questions so often I can help you begin to kind of learn how to dig in a little bit deeper and see how the Bible is written for our, for our help. For our teaching. There are so many things uh, I know. I uh, don't want to get anybody upset. Sometimes people just can be so unreasonable. But uh, I know sometimes you look at, uh, I heard a man talking about some of these things you learn in school and say, I never learned, I'll never uh, use that in my life. Sometimes it's, the man said, sometimes it's just trying to get you to, to, to learn how to think outside of what you're used to and get you going in another direction, that you're going to use that skill. Yeah. And sometimes God puts some things in his word that may be difficult, really, uh, to, to try to apply. I've been there, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, love, uh, I love seeing what the word of God is, and the practicality of it is really what blesses me. But every now and then, I look at it and say, okay, God, you're going to have to help me figure out how, what this has to do with me. And just that conversation, I think, is helpful. That ability to dig a little bit deeper. The ability to try to look a little bit closer. Um, there is, uh, you don't have to turn to it, but in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verses 9 and 10, Paul says, is talking to the church at that time. And they had not only questions, but they had some concerns. They were pretty carnal. And literally were attacking Paul, asking him questions and wondering if some of the things he was doing was, was ethical or, or, or even moral. And, and started asking about financial things. And, and he said, uh, he gives them a scripture from, from the Old Testament and says, It is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. And he, he brings that up and in letter that he writes to them, he says, you know, God told them that when the ox is, is working in the grinding in the mill, 
Don't put a muzzle on that ox. That ox wants to dip its head down and get a little snack. It's worked hard for it. Let him get a little bit of that corn. And then he says, do you think God takes care of oxen? But then he goes on and says, or saith he it altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt. This is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker. And he starts applying this in this chapter to the care of the ministry. I don't know if any one of us would have really, the first time we read through this idea of an oxen eating corn while it's treading in the mill, that we would think, how does this apply? But God, in his word, just has this richness and its depth sometimes that escapes us. And uh, the more we read it, brother was talking tonight a little bit, brother Mike, about the weapons of our warfare and, and how important it is to really be able to uh, to know God's word. We We have to be better than just feelings and emotions. Sometimes I believe God will challenge us when we don't feel that he's there and recognize, you know what, God, even though I don't feel it, I got enough faith to be excited to know that you didn't leave me. I get frustrated too sometimes when feelings don't catch up to me, but sometimes God allows us to say, you know what, are you going to believe it when you don't feel it? Amen. Are you going to believe my word and what I said to you? And sometimes that kickstarts some feelings even. But to know what God said about some things, there's too much. I think I mentioned it the other day. Paul was walking through Athens. I mean, Athens, Greece was the center of philosophy. You know, you got Aristotle and Plato, Socrates, all these great minds of that day. And Paul's coming through and seeing all their, uh, all their, hearing their poets and seeing all their, their, their idolatry. And he says, you know, I perceive that y'all are too superstitious. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if Paul wouldn't go through some of uh, uh, the modern-day church and say, you, you don't know your Bible. You're not based, your faith isn't based on what God has said. It's on, on, on everything else. And it, it, it becomes so superstitious is what it does. If you look at that word superstitious, we've preached about it before, and I don't want to get too far away from our text. But, but that idea of being superstitious, the word is also translated as religious. Because any kind of form of uh, of false religion based on feeling and based on happenstance and not based on what does God say. Amen. That's just superstition, really. And that's what religion has devolved into a lot of times. But if we go back to the word and look at the word, there there are going to be some things we got to dig a little deeper. We got to look a little bit closer. We got to study, the Bible says, to show ourselves approved. And I, I don't. Take away the very practical application of this for the Israelites in the Old Testament. But I believe there's a spiritual application for sure of our, for us today in the New Testament. That when you build a new house, he said, guys, we're getting ready to move into the promised land. And God's going to give you an inheritance, a place to, to, to raise your families, a place to glorify God. You're going to build some new houses when you do it. Their roofs weren't, you know, we don't hang out on our roofs too often. We more or less have balconies. But he said, when you have a, a house and there is a roof that you might be able to go up on, like a balcony, he said, I want you to build a battlement. It's really just a small 
fence or a, a small wall around the edge. He said, I want you to, to, to make it safe, make it a safe place. That somebody can't go up there and inadvertently just, just kind of fall off and, and injure themselves or die. Right. I want you to take some responsibility and make your house a safe place. All right. Amen? Amen? I want you to take some responsibility and recognize that there are some things that, that uh, may or may not be dangerous depending on how clumsy your friends might be, I guess. How careless we might be. We can all be careless sometimes. But recognize before that ever happens, I want you to think this through. Think ahead and make it a safe place so that people, your, the people of God and, and are coming over to your house and, and having an accident and, and hurting themselves. I, I think uh, maybe some of you are already there that the house of God, the house of God is something that we are building. Yeah. You may be able to look around today and say, well, I, I, I've got, uh, I, I believe God has, has more for us. And, and I would say you're right. I believe God is going to bring more strength and, and more uh, glory and, and, and more enable us to do more and be better for him in this last day. I, I agree with that. You know, it's going to take laborers. The Bible says that Jesus said, pray for laborers. Pray for people that come and, and help and be a blessing. I, I, you, you might not think a, a lot about just like my wife had said tonight about, about being kind and giving a gift or maybe, a, maybe just a, a little something you saw for one of the young ladies or, or, or something out of your garden. You might not think that's such a big deal, but what a blessing it is. That, that that much kindness, you know, in a world that's so dark, yeah, right? that it, it just it 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 matters. It matters. Yeah, amen. amen. Uh, the testimonies that 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 were here tonight. What a blessing! Amen. How, how I mean, I I feel like we could just just close it out and say, thank God for what we heard and felt in this service tonight. Right. That you blessed and you helped and and. and and it ought to be something we, we think about ahead of time. Right. You might not just have everything. You know, we want God to lead. We want God to, to have his way. We want to follow his lead. But we ought to have a goal that I'm coming to the house. I expect to be blessed. I expect to, to receive from God. Sure. But I want to, I want to give something. Right. Somehow I want to be a blessing. Yeah. And we've got to work together to accomplish that. We've got to learn what it means. I, I think it's a shame. I, th- I really think it's a sad thing that when we talk about unity, a lot of times it just means, well, we haven't hurt each other recently. We haven't gotten nasty with each other recently. Unity is a lot more than just not being unkind to one another. Or getting along for with one another. It's it's accomplishing something together. Yeah. A team has a goal. Amen. Yeah. Say, hey, we're a team. Well, what are we trying to do? Not not hurt each other. <laughs> we we we're all good. We're all a team here. What are we doing? We're trying, you know, trying to get along. No, we got to way past that. Yeah. 
We got to be able to accomplish the will of God. And sadly, too many people come to church and, 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 uh, all they get. No, don't get me wrong. I, I, I pray, uh, God, I, I want you to talk to me. God, I want you to help me. I want you to perfect my, my life, my holiness, my walk with you. I, I've got needs that, that I'm praying about. And maybe you come with, need a miracle or healing. Amen. Are you hearing me? But I, I don't want to just stop there so selfishly and not be able to say, God, is there something I can do? To be a blessing, to be a help. And it doesn't take much. Really, it's just the small acts of that, that I believe are, are really what exploits is all about. Planting a small seed that God talked about in the word that, that can grow into something beautiful. Just a small decision to do something positive that God could use to be a blessing. You have to do it on purpose. To build that battlement, to make it a safe place, you have to put some of your own cost into it. You have to put some of your own effort into it. In order for God to really work the way the Bible once has taught us, the way Jesus, it's, it's going to be working together in a place that, that people can, can be safe. I know that there's a lot of maybe in in our modern day culture. I'm not, I'm not going to try to be careful how I say this, but you know a lot of things that that might trigger Christians in this day. Where oh, you, I hear so many people talking about a safe place. This ought to be one. This ought to be one. People ought to be able to come in here and 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 feel the love of God and not expect to be tore down. They ought to expect kindness. They ought to see the love of God. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of sin in this world and we're going to preach against sin. But, you know, folks ought to come in and know that God cares about them. I I know, again, there's an ugly word for a lot of people. Tolerance. Oh, wow. I can't get so sick of people. I'll tell you what. That's what the house of God ought to be about. Loving people that need help. I mean, how... (laughs) How utterly ridiculous would it be to have a hospital that people sit around and talk about how stupid it is that sick people show up? I am tired of sick people coming to this hospital. I wish they'd just send us a whole family of people that aren't sick. Can't we just have somebody in this room just one day be healthy? That is just ridiculous yeah. amen the we need to be working together it's more than just this idea of us being okay with us it needs to be us re- working together and reaching for them it's ministry it's ministry it's seeing the 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 woman on the on the floor just just accused and condemned for her sins and Jesus forgiving her. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. The leper and the the one filled with demons. Right. Right. Amen. Yes, Being touched and helped and shown that they have value. Yep. They're worth the time of Jesus to come and touch their lives. Yes. Right. The 
It was the, the Samaritan, the one that was hated, the one that was despised by the, the religious people of that day that took the time to say that one that is laying there half dead, I'll spend my money. I'll spend my time. I'll care about the one that hates me. Amen. I'll care about the, for the one that needs me. Amen. Well, praise God. I'll tell you what Jesus was intolerant of. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. People that are going to act like they got something, but inside they're full of wickedness. Amen. He didn't have any time for that. Galatians, the sixth chapter. Tolerance does not mean that we approve of ungodliness, of sin. Doesn't mean that we legitimize it, we brush it away. It means we, we make a clear path to an altar of repentance. How many times we've talked about the cities of refuge in the Old Testament. There were cities that would be set apart for those that... That needed a place to hide. Those cities were not only given, but the order was given out. Make sure the the lanes are clearly marked and there's a clear path to get to those places of mercy. How the house of God needs to be a place where where we remedy the problem. Where we have the remedy, where people care enough. Take some patience. Take some patience. Let me tell you something. Without, without true repentance, listen to me. Without true repentance, without people really finding their place where they recognize, I need, I need Jesus to fully transform my life. I, 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 need, I need something that I'm missing in my life. Without, without an experience of God's mercy and grace in their lives and and God not only washing those sins away but filling somebody with his power there's there's not a lot else that matters at that point there's not a lot else that you're going to do for them people come to me sometimes and say is there something I'm doing that will keep me from being filled with the Holy Ghost I'm telling you just, repentance is an act of surrender to God and generally speaking, it's not, hey, there's one more thing that I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm doing this and it's holding me back. It's a heart that says, I want to give you my all. Right. It's a heartfelt experience that says, okay, God, you got everything from me. Yeah. Until somebody gets to that spot, there's going to be a lot of problems. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Not everybody that claims to be filled with the Holy Ghost really has what they really need. All right. Amen. We can get excited about it, but, but sometimes it's just a touch that, that there's still a need to really let God get down deep. And, and, and what I'm saying is sometimes we need to be patient with people. Because if they're doing something because they don't want to get in trouble, they want to give up something because they're afraid of what the church is going to think about them, that's not a real walk with God. That's just keeping commandments. And as much as we might like people to behave and look a certain way and act a certain way, and you might think that's just so, so holy, it's not holiness. 
It's got to be from a heart. And I'm telling you, I see hearts in this place that have just really surrendered to God. And you can see a change. You can see God working in every single area of their lives. It's amazing. And it's a beautiful thing. But people that are worried about following rules and following, that's not what we're about. I don't want, don't worry about you. You just, you need to just to get as close to Jesus as you can and get so filled up with his spirit. It will affect every part of your life. Right. Yes, sir. Amen. So before you get to the place where it says, oh, well, they, they really had a great experience with God. Now nail them with, with all the, uh, everything they need to hear. Well, Galatians six says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. He which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. That means gentleness, kindness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. There's going to come a time you might need mercy. There's going to come a time you might need forgiveness, forbearance. Yeah. We gotta have that. We can't have that attitude that our when when we stumble, we it's not that big of a deal. What they stumble, hey, sometimes we deal with some some problems, and it's easy to look at somebody else and 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 condemn the, in them what we understand in ourselves. Well, we we know we're going through some things, so our attitudes or our unchristian behavior is justified. Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. That takes, that really takes to be able to have a church where people can be restored. It takes a purposeful creating of a safe place. I don't want to have a good feeling about my friendship, but think for one minute that if I do stumble, I lost all my friends. When I need them the most. Isn't that right? The kind of stress, the kind of paranoia that comes from having fair weather friends. That's not, that's not God's church. There needs to be the ability to come in church when you're overtaken in a fault. And not feel like people are trying to, to make me feel like I don't belong. Amen. It says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. To bear one another's burdens. What I've seen more than more often than I feel like is reasonable is sometimes we can jump to conclusions. We are. We're, we've been through some things and we've learned some things and I, and even in the spirit we can we can detect some things but trust me we we don't have ESP right. you you really don't know all the story with somebody that might be right around you you don't understand everything they're going through so when we jump to conclusions and so often think the worst so paranoid that. Oh, there's a great falling away. And I knew it. I knew they were going to mess up. I saw it a mile away. Oh, 
I think it's kind of a coping mechanism people have because they've been so disappointed. Some of their friends have fallen. Now they just expect everybody to fall. Right. It's not. It's not the kind of atmosphere. It seems to be a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. I want to help you get back up. Yeah. Praying for you to to make it. Praying for everyone. Hey, your your family members, your loved ones that we're praying for. This needs to be a place they can yeah. they can get to heaven easily. Yes, Amen. Amen. How about how about Barnabas? This, I, I know. How about Barnabas in, in Acts, the fourth chapter? Acts 4.37, Josie's by, who by the apostles was her name Barnabas. This guy's name was Josie's. And they said, you know what? Forget that. We got a nickname for you. And it wasn't Joe. It was Barnabas. Son of consolation, a Levite from this country of Cyprus. Son of comfort. Son of encouragement. Barnabas was a was an encourager. It oughtn't be very strange to find somebody in church with a ministry of encouragement. It shouldn't be just, wow, that one, they're really encouraging. They're just so it it ought to be something we all strive for. What a great way to open doors. What a great way to be a help and a blessing. What a great way to strengthen brothers and sisters as well as shine your light. It's just be kind and be encouraging. I'm more prone to, to, to try to help, to try to do better when people are, when I feel like they notice how hard you're trying. But when you feel like you can't ever get ahead, you just stop caring. Isn't that right? right? When you feel like you're just never going to be good enough and nothing you do, you just stop trying. All right. But the church ought to be that safe. We ought to build yeah. encouragement. Right. We ought to build kindness. Right. We ought to build a, an atmosphere that strengthens and edifies. Right. We, we quote it so often. It's just so good. First Corinthians 14 talks about the gifts of spirit and the goal of those gifts. He talks about seeking the best gifts. And and the the amazing thing, the great thing about that is not, wow, what's the best gift? I think it'd be neater to see somebody healed than to have a message in in tongues interpretation. I think it's better to uh, discern a spirit than to have. And it's not about what we think is neater. Paul makes it very clear. How much does it help and how many does it help in the church? When we seek the best gifts, it's not this is more important than this. But the whole principle is how does it edify the church? How does it build the church up? Amen. Not, wow, that was, that was, I feel powerful. I feel spiritual. But how many people did it help and encourage and strengthen? It says to seek to excel under the edifying of the church. Excel. Seek to be excellent in building people up. It's so easy to tear down. So easy. We come into church, and let's be honest, hey, God is awesome, and we're having the time of our lives, but we live in a world that's just trying to suck the life out of you. You come into church, and you expect something, to God to, to give you that boost. It's so easy for somebody to just, just deflate that. That's not spiritual. 
How many times we've used the illustration? We use it one more time. You know, you want to tear, you want demolition. You can call the temp agency. You want to tear something down. You want to destroy something. It's, it's easy. You just get anybody with, with, uh, some extra energy and a sledgehammer and we can, we can break it into tiny little pieces for you in no time. But building something. Skilled labor. Take some thought, take some planning, take some, some, some forethought, some skill. Building the church of God, building the kingdom of God, being a part of what God intends for this generation can't be reckless. Can't be careless. Barnabas was the son of comfort, consolation. Acts 9 One of the biggest challenges I'm sure the church had faced at that time. There was a man named Saul of Tarsus that was wreaking havoc on the new church, the newborn church in Jerusalem. He was moving with hatred and hauling people to jail and to their deaths. I can't imagine how people were scared of him And the things that were being said about him. And all of a sudden Saul comes to Jerusalem one day and says, guys, I met Jesus. I I, I don't know what to say. I'm a a believer now. I've been baptized in his name. I've been filled with his spirit. I, I love Jesus now just like you guys do. Can you imagine the challenge? Can you imagine the challenge when there are people that... That knew Stephen, people probably with families and uh, all across the the countryside that were hauled away. And now there's the man that did all that. And Barnabas stands up and says, isn't this what we were praying about? While y'all were praying that God strike him dead, I was praying, touch his heart. Amen. Amen. While you all were saying, God, take him out. I was saying, take him in. This is what we're about. This is who we are. This is, this is our identity. This is, this is who Jesus is to redeem the lost. And, and this is our brother now. Barnabas took him. Let's read it. Saul was come to Jerusalem, Acts 9, 26. He essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they, but they were all afraid of him. And believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him in. You know, somebody comes into the house of God. I, I, don't, I don't know if I really trust them. I don't know if I really believe him. What are they going to do? Haul you to jail? We don't have to deal with it like they do. What do you think is going to happen? Are you in danger just to be nice to them? No, nah, come on. They could have possibly been. This could have been some kind of trap. And they were skeptical. At the least, Barnabas takes him, brings him to the apostles, declares unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him, how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Barnabas builds that bridge. Barnabas builds that bridge of reconciliation. Barnabas goes to that one that was so hard to love, so hard to trust and says, you know what? I'm with him. I believe him. This is the answer to my prayers. 
how much more ought we to be just excited about people that maybe are unlikely? I had found out a long time ago, my judgment of character, I just, I just try to shut it off. It's so easy to say, well, I feel like God wants me to witness to them, but, you know, you, you're, ah, I don't know. Is it, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Look, look at how they look. Stop that. Stop it. Love people like Jesus loved people. Care about them. Build the kingdom of God. Build a safe place. Let the house of God be a safe, a place of kindness, a place of encouragement. God's, God's gonna, gonna make them uncomfortable sometimes enough, but He's gonna do it in a way that invites them for better. Amen? We need to consider how difficult it is now to, to know you need something, need God, and to come into a group of people you don't know. There needs to be some inviting. There's some welcoming, some kindness. And all along the way, can I tell you, I don't care how long you've been in this, we need encouragement. Amen. I don't care how long you've been a child of God, there's days you need encouragement. I don't care how many times. I I said something to a brother here just recently and said, I feel like I've been praying for you and God put something on my heart. I want to share this with you. And I said, sometimes the encourager needs encouragement. And that is true. We all are fighting battles. And the house of God needs to purposely be a safe place. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God's done so much to show us kindness. You know, God knows weak times, battles, times you've stumbled that nobody else knows about. But he keeps reaching for you. Like he did Peter this morning in the message. Peter denied he even knew him three times. And Jesus calls him back to the fire. Says, I want you to feed my sheep. Listen. God's God's house is a house of healing. It's a house of, of love. It's a house that want to help people get where they need to go. I know. I've battled with it for years and years. People say, all oh, the backslidden churches that aren't preaching anything, don't believe anything. Oh, we believe everything, that book says. But the question is, are you helping people get there Are you being what Jesus was? Are you being what the Bible tells us to be? The transformations I am seeing in people's lives are nothing short of miraculous. It's going to take patience. It's going to take mercy. But God is in the saving business. He's come not to destroy men's lives, but to seek and save that which is lost. 
I wonder if somebody here today could say, Lord, use me. Some of you that maybe your heart's gotten a little harder. Sometimes you're, you've been disappointed too many times. If you could ask God, Lord, just renew a burden in me. Renew a burden in me. Help me to care about the loss. Help me to, to be a help and a strength to those that need a Savior. should all be ours. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be compassionate, loving, kind. Encourage one another, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. Fill us with you. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you again for your presence here tonight. 
just the beautiful time we've had throughout this day. We thank you for it, God. I ask you now to please keep your hand upon us, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel. And, Lord, just shine your light through us throughout this week, Lord, that others would see you so clearly in us. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.